Well, just when you think you may be close to working out Donald Trump, he goes and says things that to me are so bizarre, I'm left bewildered and scratching my head. The former president said on Saturday that while president, he told the leaders of NATO, these are his allies, they're our allies, these are the United States allies. He told the leaders of NATO countries that he would, listen to this, encourage Russia to do whatever the hell they want to countries that had not paid the money they owed the military alliance, NATO. Now, just so you don't think I'm getting this out of context, have a listen to this. And I said, you got to pay up. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. There they are all cheering. I don't know if Donald Trump, all the people cheering him, actually understand what a complicated beast NATO is. But we're talking about the United States allies here. Um, I need to go to the expert. I need to talk to Dr. <laughs> Keith, Dr. Keith Souter about this uh, foreign affairs expert. Keith, can you please explain all this to me? Because I'm scratching my head. Yes, well, of course, the United States helped create NATO after World War II. It had three purposes. One was to keep the Americans in, the Russians out, and the Germans down. In other words, keep the Americans engaged in European affairs, keep the Russians out of European affairs, and to make sure the Germans didn't rearm. It's actually been an extremely successful military alliance over the decades. Um, and yet this statement from Donald Trump is absolutely irresponsible, encouraging Russians to invade other countries. This is, well, that's exactly, of course, what they did two years ago in, in um, Ukraine, which is not a member state. So I think it's a very irresponsible statement indeed. It sent shockwaves through NATO. Uh, because what was seen as previously a, a European problem, uh, sorry, an American problem, is now clearly a European problem as well if Donald Trump becomes president again. There, it's funny, it seems to me, and please you'll explain, it seems to me that there are sometimes, and particularly during an election campaign, two Americas. There's the outward America that does worry about foreign policy. And then there's the in-state America that sees votes being gained if they concentrate on domestic policy. Well, that's right. And I think all politics is local. And isolationism is the oldest continuous theme in American foreign policy. In other words, going all the way back to the first president, George Washington, who said to uh, the new American uh, country, look, keep out of Europe's affairs. They're all mad in Europe. Don't get involved in Europe. So that is a, a continuous strand. And Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump is tapping into that. But, of course, 200 years ago, the United States was not a major player in international affairs. Mm. And at the moment, it's now the leader of the free world. Mm. Although under Donald Trump, the, the Americans will, may try to surrender that role, hand it over to either China or, uh, or Russia. It's a very worrying statement indeed. But since 1949, hasn't it always been every United States president's aim to control, to have a controlling hand over NATO, which is Europe? Absolutely. And, and this is a reflection of the fact that the United States now is the number one country. It's replaced Britain as the global police officer. 
Um, and so it, it has certain rights and responsibilities in that role. And Donald Trump is saying, we're going to pull out of all of this. We're just going to concentrate on building up the United States. That's all. We don't want to have any of these foreign entanglements. Don't forget, there's an implication here for Australia. We are yes. a major American ally. We're about to enter into war. We have entered into AUKUS, this vague arrangement. Mm. And yet we're having a vague arrangement with the United States that may well decide it doesn't want to honor any of these overseas treaty obligations at all. Now, now just to bring this back to why Trump said these things, because basically to belong to NATO, NATO members have to spend below an unofficial commitment. I think it's a 2% of their economic output. Yeah. 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 And I think are most countries struggling to do that. Yes, they are because most countries have got financial problems. Um, but it's interesting, Poland, for example, uh, spends even more on defense as a percentage of its annual gross domestic product than the United States. Um, and so uh, along with Romania, Hungary, Finland, the Baltic states, and all those that are very close to Russia, they don't need to be reminded about the Russian threat. They do spend big. Um, and Britain is also trying to recapture uh, its role on the world stage. Um, so, yes, there are problems with getting NATO countries to spend up to what they should be doing. Um, but defense, this is a very technical point, but it's an important one. Defense expenditure is an input. It's not an outcome. In other words, that if you're manufacturing, say, automobiles, you don't, uh, you don't say, well, look, this is how much we're spending on making the cars. You say, this is how many cars were actually able to sell each year. Yes. It's just the amount of money we make. Defense expenditure is simply the amount of money you're putting into mm. defense. It doesn't reflect on how well you're actually winning wars. In the case of the United States, I think since World War II, America has only won outright four conflicts, and they're all fairly small in obscure places. Um, in fact, I think many Americans would find them find difficulty in, in locating all four countries on a map of the world. So America has not actually done very well. It spends a lot on defense, certainly, but it, it doesn't have a good record in um, Vietnam or Iraq, uh, if Afghanistan. Um, so America sure spends a lot of money, but that's no indication itself of victory. Trump has previously expressed his belief that support for NATO is, is burdensome on the United States. And he, sa he said before that the alliance drains its financial and military resources. But surely what he said on Saturday is only promoting more deranged chaos. <laughs> exactly. Look, there is, there's no... I can't find any way at all of justifying what Trump has said. And so and a lot of the people in the United States, more responsible Republicans, are just absolutely horrified from the reaction we've had in the last couple of days, are just absolutely horrified by what he said. Am I correct in thinking that Donald Trump, of, of nearly all the presidents that I can think of, has been the most supportive of Israel? And would Israel be licking their lips, hoping to hell he does get back in? Oh, yes. And the Israeli prime minister has made that quite clear, that they're hoping for a Trump victory uh, because um, Biden is... I'm not saying Joe Biden's not supportive, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Biden is, is getting a little worried about the excessive use of violence, whereas Trump is an out-and-out -out supporter of Israel. 
and will turn a blind eye to the excessive use of violence by Israel in Gaza. Still, he has he has said that he would encourage his enemy. Yeah, he would encourage Russia to do whatever they wanted to to NATO countries if they didn't pay their bills. And God, Trump's good at paying bills, isn't he? <laughs> very good point. Very. It sounds like somebody runs a protection racket. I've got to say, Doctor Keith, are you any closer to um, confidently? predicting who will run if Biden doesn't? No, not at all. Um, obviously, given the poor performance of Biden over the weekend, particularly in that uh, very hastily arranged media conference where um, he was responding to the claim that he would make a bad witness on the stand because he was just so frail and forgetful. Uh, he, it, it was a very badly arranged media conference. His staff let him down. Um, he was very, clearly very angry. He got confused at one point about the difference between the leader of Egypt and the leader of Mexico. Um, mm, mm. It's very worrying. Um, Trump, by the way, you know, we've been complaining about him sounding deranged. You've got to say Biden's got his own problems as well. It's frightening that uh, the United States, a nation of over 300 million people, seems to have a shortage of talented younger people. And one of the candidates may be in jail. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, we've yet to see that, well, but yeah. that's possible, yeah. Oh, Keith Souter, please help me. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? Please, thank you for continuing to inform us here in the night shift. We'll talk again soon. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Bye-bye. Dr. Bye -bye. Dr. Keith Souter.